Protoplasm Advent Calendar Day 20. YA dystopian fiction, including Divergent, uh, The Maze Runner, and The Hunger Games. So, um, kind of a triple build, kind of more talking about a concept. I think I'm right in saying that The Hunger Games was the first of a sort of mini explosion of trilogies of near-future dystopian teen fiction. The other two being Divergent and The Maze Runner. So, um... You probably know the Hunger Games, and it's uh, you know it's battle royale with cheese, as they would say. But why does the formula work? Um, well, part of the reason I I find it really engaging is because I also really like cities, and I like the concept of dystopian fiction as a jumping-off point for a game. Um, it's an easy thing for the characters to kick against if that's what you want. The other thing is it meshes really well with an urban setting because, of course, a dystopia is easily reinforced where you have easy surveillance of people and you can keep them separated in a sort of an, in a stratified environment much like a city and there's there are other uh dystopian fictions that i've enjoyed um anything in a closed environment like a city where it results in a number of you know different strata of society so things like james lovegrove's the hope which is on a ship uh, five miles long two miles wide and a mile high um, there's also to a lesser extent uh, mortal engines um it's arguably mortal engines is dystopian because of the way that the cities work but it's also post-apocalyptic fiction and i i've talked about the confusion between post-apocalypse and dystopian before so i'm not going to reiterate those um but divergent in a lot of cases was like the, the next hunger games and although it's very silly, it does have a really good setup in terms of uh, the story it's telling, which is a coming-of-age character falls into a dangerous situation and has to prove herself to the to the tribe, uh, and against the backdrop of political unrest, in which is finally instrumental to the uh, revolutionary effort. In Divergent, you've got five factions which our point-of-view character can join. And, of course, the, the, the whole point about Divergent is... At a certain coming of age, people are assessed for their how they fit into the five major, major factions, which include um, abnegation, uh, amity, dauntless, and uh, two others I can't remember. But um, divergent people are suited to more than one, and they uh, the the powers that be want to avoid divergent thought and creativity of thought. They want to be people uh, segregated into into their tribe. And um, so this test is to weed out divergence. Now, what happens to those divergences is they are not just simply bumped off by the authorities, although that's the implication early on. It's a bit more complicated than that. And there is actually a lens uh, being applied to the whole city as a kind of experiment that you learn about in the third book, I think, when the characters go outside the city. But what happens in the first one is that... Um, we have our character growing as part of um, the growing as part of Dauntless, which is probably the most interesting environment she should be in because she's not a natural fighter, and yet this is uh, where she's being trained to be violent and to compete with other people physically, and she's under threat of either being kicked out or of death at various points. So it makes her a good, exciting, engaging story, but also because the um, the Dauntless are the foot soldiers of the regime. It becomes interesting at the point where she has to fight against the authority and, and against her former comrades as well, in some cases. 
Now the thing I nicked out of Divergent was the uniforms actually, because they all the the five, it looks really good on on film. The five different factions have different styles of dress in the film, and it kind of it, again they're tribal markers. It's not just an image that uh, is for the benefit of the audience. It's also a uniform that marks them as part of a tribe with a particular set of values. So I nicked this for my game Black Mantle, which I talked a bit about in the Appleseed thing. And Black Mantle is basically um, you're born into a dystopian city in a particular work tribe, and you might be part of the Skyliners Guild, who are, uh, I think I had them with black and yellow chevrons, and they maintain the skyscrapers. Or you might be uh, green and silver because you work on the power company, or something like this. Um, I freely admit that, uh, as well as nicking the idea for the uniforms from Divergent, I've basically also nicked the setup from Paranoia, which I th I'm pretty sure Paranoia... Uh, the characters originate from a particular service industry and become um and then become troubleshooters and so yeah it's yeah i'm not hardly original yeah, i don't really have any original thoughts but anyway um but i did i did nick that and i thought it was a really impressive way of marking people as divided on artificial lines now Compare that to sort of character classes. The, the thing about character classes that I've never really enjoyed is the way that characters are, you know, differentiated in a um, uh, in a meta game sense, because they're not really differentiated in the game world. But I do, on the other hand, like this artificial differentiation because then it becomes a um, a thing that the that the players can deal with and negotiate on their own terms and choose whether or not they subscribe to that particular ethos or how much they believe in it. Um, not that Black Mantle is anything about quite so much as belief and ethos. It was much more about going outside the uh, the city walls and um, piloting Mecca and blowing things up. I like that. Um, but anyway, that's Divergent. Um, it is quite silly. I do think it looks quite visually good, though. One thing you should know about Divergent is that the movies, like what they try to do is they try to cut the third book in half and make four movies out of it, you know, just like they did for the last Harry Potter movie and a few others, I think. And um, the third one tanked so badly that they never got to make the fourth one. There was talk of a Netflix series that would resolve everything. And there was talk about the two leads being you know, potentially interested, but then time moved on. So they're no longer interested. So I don't think we're ever going to see that again, which is not such a great loss. Um, that One of the ways they deviate in the film is they really chicken out of the ending. And the ending to the trilogy, I think, is uh, really quite brave and um, quite refreshing to see. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's slightly trashy and it's slightly absurd, but it's still worth reading. Okay, um, Maze Runner then, I'm talking about that because I'm... I'm I've picked that up as well, and that's another example, like The Hunger Games, and for the most part, like Divergent, that has been made into a successful movie franchise. And that's probably because the formula works so well. The problem they've got with The Maze Runner is that, um, well, the thing you've got that's really attractive about The Maze Runner visually on the movie is this shifting maze that just looks amazing on film. It looks incredible. Um, the setup is really cool in that you've got um, a 
point of view character who emerges in the glade only remembering his his first name not remembering anything else or how he got there or whatever and um, the glade is full of another bunch of boys yeah that no female characters until part way through the plot and the maze opens in the morning and then closes in the evening and what the runners do is they run through the maze to map it out which is um little you, know, you wonder why they do that and so there are these really exciting, engaging sequences where you see the maze running happening. Um, I love that. The problem with the maze runner is that once you find out the secret in the maze, then it ju it's just a matter of the characters getting from point A to point B. Then it kind of loses some of the sparkle and the mystery. The other thing about it is that uh, when you get to the end of the maze and they get out and they're expecting to get the answers to everything, it turns out they're just in a slightly bigger maze now. Um, and there is still an overarching conspiracy overseeing everything that's happening, but you don't get much of a clue as to what that is. Whereas I'd like, I, I think in both Divergent and Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games movie, it does at least resolve the story a, more, a lot more successfully, where you've got more hope about the future for the characters. Um, so um, that's the downside. So yeah, YA dystopian fiction, I absolutely love it, um, even though it's sometimes very silly and requires a great deal of suspension of belief. I think I'm going to close it there, so I'm just going to open the next Avant Garde door. Oh, it's a Junior Ingsoc Agent Kit, complete with pad of termination forms. Nice. I know someone's going to love that. All right, speak to you in the next one. Bye. Fictoplasm Podcast. Words by Ralph Lovegrove. Music by Chris Zabriskie. Find out more at fictoplasm.net. Mm -hmm.